Amen. Well, Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you for your faithfulness. It's not based on anything that we can do. It's not based on anything of our merits, our intelligence. Everything is by faith. And I was thinking about that, you know, if you can't explain your faith, it's not faith. <laughs> Why do you believe? You cannot explain that. It is a thing of, of the spirit in you. You know, and, and I'm, I'm always asking myself, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I still here? <laughs> because it's by faith. You cannot even understand. We cannot understand what we are going through, right? And why we're, we're here. But it is a thing of faith. And God is just drawing us and saying, okay, do you want to walk with me? It's going to have to be by faith. Nothing will make sense. The circumstances will not confirm what I'm asking you to do. And you're going to have to trust me. And I, I, I'm going to... I, I keep bringing verses because I don't want you to believe what I'm telling you. I want you to go find it for yourself. It's not coming to church to hear a preacher is not going to feed you. No church is going to feed you. You have to drink of the living water. You have to go to the source. And the source to me is the, the scripture. He is the word. And I, I found this verse this weekend. I, I I love it. I love it. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. This is Psalms 138, verse 2 in the New International Version. I love this. You have exalted above all things, your name and your word. So we, we are doing this Bible study in Romans, right? We're, we started reading Romans and we read the first four chapters. And it was so fun. And I mean, it's a delight for me to, when I read something that was written 2,000 years ago, and it's, alive and it's speaking to me that's why it's a living word that's what living waters that's why we need to learn to drink of the living waters so this guy this mom went to a trip a long trip and every day she would write to her son what she was doing what happened on the trip. But the son was busy and he would just get letters after letters every day and like, oh, I, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And then maybe after a year, her mom came back and he started asking her, how was the trip? What did you do? 
What do you do the second month, the third month? And then mom finally realized, you never read my letters. And we, we have the Bible because God is including us in what he is doing. If we read the Bible, we will know what he's doing. And he's only doing one thing. From beginning to end, he's trying to get you. He's trying to get a people. He's trying to redeem, meaning getting back what he created in his own image for a relationship with him. One of the one of the problems that I think that we have is the belief that God is able to break his promise. And we have that because we we somewhere along the line in the history of the church a thought came that is known as replacement theology. That God is done with his people of Israel and now he's doing something different. But that's not confirmed by the scriptures. And why? This is the most important thing. Why? Because if you're included in this covenant with a God that cannot break his promises, it doesn't matter what you do and how you think you can fail, he will not break his promises. And Israel is the proof of that. And so that means, God, thank you for never breaking your promise. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians 10 11. Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for my instruction. Upon whom the end, ends of the ages have come. All of this, the Bible here, is like a big, long parable. A big, long story that you can read and say, oh, this is what's happening. This is what God is speaking to me today. And the reason I'm using this picture is because I ran into this verse in Jeremiah 2.13. And remember, we are in the series of the Holy Spirit. And Christ told his disciples, it's better for you that I go. And we, still, we have talked about this recently. And it's like, how could that be better? Right? Put yourself in the place of the disciples. Walking with Christ, seeing him feeding the multitudes, healing the sick, bringing Lazarus from the dead after three days. That was like the kingdom of God right here. And they had that for three and a half years. But Christ is saying, it's better for you that I go. Because then you're going to have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, you're going to have this inside of you. You're going to have these living waters inside of you. You're going to have everything that you need. He will teach you everything. He will remind you of everything. But here, so remember, we are kind of in a school mode, right? 
So I'm going to read this verse, and then you're going to have a homework this week. And you're going to write, you don't need to show me, but you're going to write a list of things. I'm writing my list. My people, Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns. That cannot hold water. Let me find it here. This is a cistern in Israel. Some somebody dug that to collect water from the rain. Another one. We walked all the way to the bottom. You see that? The water is that black portion in the bottom there. And that's what Jeremiah is saying. You have made two mistakes. You forsook the living waters because you cannot trust in me to take care of you. So you're trying to take care of yourself. When Jeremiah was talking to Israel, to Judah, he was talking about alliances that were being made between Judah and Egypt. Because Babylon was growing in power and they were going to come and conquer Judah. And instead of going to the Lord and repenting of their ways, they were, okay, let's go to Egypt. Let's make an alliance. Let's make pacts with other nations. And that's the the message that Jeremiah was bringing. Like, why didn't you come back to me? Why are you relying on your own cisterns? Or your own systems? Or your own efforts? What you can do? And I think that the Lord is being faithful with us and saying, Hey, why don't you come back? The sisters will not hold water forever. But the living waters will. I will. I will be able to quench your thirst every day. It's never going to be the same. The sister is always the same. The springs of water is always flowing. Always changing. Always, you know, that's what I, I thought about the, the rock. And in the New Testament, it talks about being Christ. Being the source of water for in the for Israel in the wilderness, but he was like, can you imagine that a a rock following them in the wilderness, providing water? It has to be by faith, right? You cannot explain it. It was aliens. <laughs> yeah, aliens. So here is my. What the Lord was speaking to me is, what are cisterns for me? What are things that provide temporary solution to my problems? Temporary water. And I I, I did come up with a list. 
But I, I cannot share with you. Bless you. Going back to the living waters. What I want to say is, Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for having somebody that inspired the writing of the scripture. That when we read and when we study, we can go back to and say, Hey, what do you want? What are you saying to me about this today? And I love, I love to read what the Holy Spirit spoke about certain passages to other people. And that's good. But that cannot become a cistern. <laughs> Does it make sense? Because even if that's valid and it's real, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to speak something to me today, personal. And maybe that same passage tomorrow is going to have a different meaning. Because that's the living water. It's flowing. It's not stagnant. And it's not what flowed yesterday. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? But the beauty to me is that that's what God was speaking to Judah through Jeremiah. Why don't you come back to the living waters? Why don't, why don't you stop putting your trust in alliances, in human relationships. You know, your satisfaction will... I was having this conversation with one of my daughters. We will, our inner joy will never come from outside. You can try relationships. You can try music. You can try what? Shows, TV, the news. Right? That will bring you a lot of joy. <laughs> but the only way for us to really find the joy of the Lord being our strength is to have this inner spring of water in our beings. And that comes from us drinking from the water. Drinking from the living waters. Psalms 1, 2 and 3 his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. John 16, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. I want to bless this for us. Lord, I repent. As we come to the communion, we talked about this last Sunday. You know, the communion is a reminder for us of the passion of Christ. What is the passion of Christ? It is his suffering. <laughs> it is a, a reminder that... Oh man, I could bring another word now. <laughs> you know, if... if <laughs> here, here it is. Do you know that God loves you? How do you know it? 
because everything goes right and well and perfect? No. We know because it's in the spirit. It is by faith. You know, and, and to me, I, I want to bless that when we come to the communion, say, Lord, I'm broken. I'm suffering. This is hard. But this is a reminder that Christ carried the cross. And he told us, pick up your cross and come. And come to me. And I, I want to say, Lord, we come to you. We, with our two pennies or just tears in our hearts. But we come to you and say, Lord, we, we return to you. We return to you. I, I, I repent. You know, what, what, one of the things that Jeremiah was talking about with Judah was idols. The cisterns were idols. Idols are man-made. Say, why don't you come to me? Remember that I, I brought you from Egypt. I carried you under my wings. And that goes on and on. Every prophet, you read every... It's like it's a reminder again and again to Israel. Remember what I did? Remember how I took care of you? Remember how I loved you? And here I am. Just come back to me. Just come back. Don't trust in anything else. Don't trust in idols. Don't trust in cisterns. You know, that you dug. That you made yourself created with your own imagination. Now we are here because men and women of God read the scriptures and a hunger was instilled in their hearts to know more. To seek the Lord. To go back like Jeremiah was prophesying, you're going to come back from Babylon. And you're going to come back to Israel. You're going to come back to the springs of living water. And we are in the same process. I think that the history of Israel is, in reality, a type of the history of the church. You know, but the church, in a lot of ways, they, they want to take what's good, and they forget that we have made the same mistakes. And the judgments are also part of the history of Israel as the history of the church. And the Lord is going to his church, to his bride right now, saying, return to me. Read Hosea. It's over and over again for us, a reminder for us that we are included. So we come to this communion and say, I want to say, Lord, I repent of having put my trust in anything else besides you. Anything else. And I'm thankful for everything that you use. I'm thankful for the cisterns that brought me here. But I want to I come back to you. Amen. You guys want to stand up?